Merry Christmas, Highlight family. We are in such a powerful season. And I wanna take a moment to celebrate our Vision Offering Sunday. I mean, God is doing so much in the life of Highlight Church. We have an opportunity to expand at our current location here at Granary Row. And how about this vision of launching the Frederick location in fall of 2024? And I wanna encourage you that there's still time to bring your offering until December 31st. So I want you to do three things. I want you to pray, prepare, and participate in this offering. It's gonna be a phenomenal, phenomenal thing that God is doing in the future of our church. And there are three ways to give. You can give online at highlight.church forward slash invest. You can give any amount via text at 84321. And you can come in person. We'd love to see you in person. Give by envelope. But I believe that as you sow this seed of faith, as you bring your offering to the Lord, that 2023 is gonna be your best year yet. Merry Christmas. Good morning. Definitely you guys are so, I'm so glad that you guys are here in the house of God. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Chow, and I have the privilege of being our location pastor here. And uh, it really is a joy to be able to uh, be with you guys this morning and to deliver the word of God. And so as we know, we are in the Christmas season, and it's such a joyful time of the year. And how about it, guys? This Christmas, uh, we as Highlight Church, we have two experiences uh, I'm sorry, two days and four experiences that you get to choose from. And uh, I just get so excited because during the Christmas season, it really is a, a time that we get to gather as a church and to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So come on, let's celebrate one more time, guys. A wonderful time of the year. And how many of you guys know what you don't celebrate, you don't appreciate? So I want to encourage you, this Christmas, you want to begin to invite people uh, to come to the house of God. And uh, if I can just share an interesting stat with you, in a uh, 2021 survey, uh, they actually got information about how many Americans attend church. And they say that on an average weekend, two out of 10 Americans uh, attend church. But on holidays such as Christmas or Easter, the number rises up to six out of 10. Wow. Uh, but not only that, but it says that the four people that uh, would not attend, they said that 57% of them would say yes if somebody would have invited them. Wow. All right? So basically what that means is it's the opportunity, the greatest opportunity of the year to invite someone to the house of God. And uh, I definitely know that through your invite, you're going to see the life change that comes with that. So come on, let's celebrate one last time. Highlight Christmas. And so with that, if you guys have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, the book of Isaiah. We're going to be starting first in chapter 7. Uh, but before we read the passage, I want to give a little bit of a context about Isaiah. And so Isaiah is a book written in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament was before Jesus came. And Isaiah was a messenger of God, what we call a prophet. And it's one of the... Um, uh, what we call the mini Bibles in the Old Testament, because Isaiah has 66 different chapters, and the Bible has 66 different books. And so Isaiah was living in a time where the children of Israel was divided. Uh, you had the northern kingdom of Israel, and you had the southern kingdom of Judah. And, and um, Isaiah, his role was to deliver a message to the leaders and the people at the time, and letting them know that because the leaders and the people did not place God first, 
that God would allow an upcoming invasion from an army. Right? And as we know that uh, as we continue on, that invasion it was led by the Assyrians. And thankfully, our great nation of ours, America, we have never experienced a, a, a conquering from a, different, from a foreign nation. Uh, but just imagine that for just a moment, that your life is going on as normal, but all of a sudden, things turn upside down. Right? We can look at what's going on at um, Ukraine and Russia right now. So the, what that led up to was a season of just despair. People were looking for hope um, just to survive. And right now, as I shared, we haven't had that experience. But because of sin, one way or another, we are held captive right, right. through sin, through the brokenness. But as we read here in Isaiah, Isaiah is going to deliver a good news of prophecy talking about someone who's going to come to restore the nation, to bring back balance and order to God's creation. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 7. We have two verses, and we're going to jump around. So chapter 7, verse 14, and it says this. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. And we're going to fast forward here to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be in verse 6 to 7. It says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I love this passage here, these passages here, because it's a passage of hope and why we celebrate the Christmas season, to celebrate the coming of the Savior, what we call the Messiah. But here's the thing, church. This promise, right? is not fully completed yet. The birth of the Messiah did take place, but we're still waiting for the full fruition of this prophecy. And the reason we know that is because Jesus hasn't come back fully to take over ruling and reigning and having a full government. So what that leads us to do is to be in a season of waiting. A season of waiting. And so church, that's what I want to talk about today is what to do or how to stay faithful while waiting for a move of God. Right? How to stay faithful when we're waiting for God to move. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, wait on God, wait on God. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's worthy of the wait, worthy of the wait. And that's actually my message title for you today. You're taking notes, worthy of the wait, worthy of the wait. And just a few truths before we get into uh, just the handles for today. All right, so number one, we as believers, all of us at a certain point in our faith walk, will have to come to a season of waiting. All right? Uh, how many of you guys know that, right? We're believing on God for move. Pastor just shared an amazing news of expansion here and expansion in Frederick. And the, the, as joyful as it is, we're, we're, we're still waiting for that to take place, right? And the second truth when it comes to waiting is that when we wait, it requires us to have faith. Yeah. Faith is required in times of waiting. 
And then lastly here, the truth I want to present your way is it's our responsibility as believers to cultivate faith in seasons of waiting. It's our responsibilities as believers to cultivate faith in seasons of waiting. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you guys three encouragement or three uh, practical things that we can do as believers while we're waiting for God to move. Are you guys ready for the first one? I'm going to keep you guys waiting to build the tension a little bit more, right? Come on, let's go. All right, number one, the first thing we want to do, first encouragement, is we want to prioritize prayer. Online family, we want to prioritize prayer. And I want to read you this psalm found in chapter 40, verses 1 to 2, the CEV version. It says this, the psalm of David, I patiently waited, Lord, for you to hear my prayer. You listen and pulled me from a lonely pit of mud and mire. You let me stand on a rock with my feet firm. Did you guys catch that? I patiently waited for the Lord for you to hear my prayer. And that's something I want to encourage us with as we read through Scripture, is that when we read through Scripture, one of the ways that we can get the most out of it is to do profile studies. Right, you want to begin to look for characters who were in seasons of waiting, and you want to examine what were some of the things that, that they did in the time of waiting for God to move. And so if you follow the story of David, he got anointed, scholars believe, from the age of 10 to 15, and it took a total, anointed to be future king, and it took him a total of 25 years in order for the whole kingdom to be under his reign. Wow. Think about that. 25 years of waiting. Imagine if you gave, it is a lot, Aunt. Imagine if you gave up year five, year 10, year 15, all right? But what we can see from David is that he didn't only just wait, but he prioritized prayer. And hence, that's why we have uh, a big part of the book of Psalms. And if you actually go through the book of Psalms, a big part of it is David's prayer unto God. Come on, how many of you guys know you can be real with God? And as we read through Psalms, you just see the realness. Uh, David struggled, that he had a lot of, of things that he wanted to ask God for, and he wrote it down. So the big takeaway is this, is that when you're in a season of waiting, you want to prioritize prayer. And if I can give you just um, a little nugget, because you may be in here and you're like, well, I'm, I, I've been praying, Pastor Chow. I want you guys to approach it in such a way like David did where he actually took time to write it down, right? To write it down. And as we know, prayer is a dialogue between us and God, and it's a balance of requests and gratitude, right? So in in your times, right, uh, that you have alone with God, begin to write down things that you're grateful for and things that you're asking God to move in. And I believe that you're going to get the strength that David got when he was waiting on the Lord, And here's this. Here's a principle I want to give you when it comes to prayer. Prayer may not change your situation immediately, but it will produce peace. Prayer may not change your situation immediately, but it will produce peace. 
So you may be in here and you're like, well, Pastor Chow, like, you know, I, I understand that it's going to give me peace, but I'm, I'm newer to prayer. I'm, I've never really prayed before. Well, I want to encourage you with this. There was actually a, a study done in 2016 by the Pew Research Center, and they said that only four out of ten uh, believers in Christ actually prayed. All right? Four out of ten. And so that lets us know that a big part of our, our, our church and a big part of our, our faith walk, uh, that element of prayer is lacking. And so what I want to do is I want to give you maybe just some, some handles on how to really increase um, our prayer life. Because certainly for me, um, when I first started on my faith journey, um, I grew up Catholic. And if you guys are familiar with the Catholic faith, there's a lot of like um, just praying the same prayers over and over. And uh, really when I came into a... Um, a Bible-believing church that I'm like, man, like people can pray this way. So I, um, if you guys know our story, Krizia Tran, my wife, we, we lived in Florida before we, we moved here to Maryland. And we were attending a church down there. And I was newer to my faith walk. And I remember it was the season where we were living with uh, your mom and, uh, and dad. And uh, eventually it was time for us to kind of move out. And one of the most stressful things that I can personally say is finding a new place to live, right? Either finding a home or finding a house. And I just remember in that season, like that weight of like research and, and looking for places just really weighed upon me. And then I remember coming into church, and if you guys know, um, uh, that's where I met Pastor Joshua and uh, Chris Kondrogiannis uh, there, and they were the ones that really jumpstart my faith journey. And I remember just being there one Sunday, and Chris came out of nowhere. Um, he was like roaming the hallways. I don't know if he's campus safety or something. You know, he wears multiple hats. Uh, but he came up. He's like, how can I pray for you today? I'm like, wow, like, thank you, because, you know, you don't know the weight that I was coming in with, you know, looking for a place. And uh, Chris, he pulled a chair out of nowhere. I don't know if he saw me coming in with Chris or something, but I'm like, you know, things get real when, you know, I'm going to pray, but we're going to sit down for it, right? But I remember him just praying over me, and I just felt the strength and I felt like the hope and the peace um, afterwards. And so, you know, the answer didn't come right away, but I felt the peace of God. I felt the strength of God. Come on, we can celebrate that. And that's why we as a church, we have prayer partners here every single Sunday. I love seeing people come up, that step of faith, that way you can get encouraged and joy felt. So make it a habit in your life, right? When you're waiting, prioritize prayer. All right, number two, the second encouragement I want to give you in seasons of waiting is you want to begin to plan and prepare. That's good. Yes. Plan and prepare. And if you're taking notes, write this, this thought down. Seasons of waiting always have an expiration date. Wow. Seasons of waiting always have an expiration date. Ecclesiastes tells us, right, that for everything under the sun, there's a season, right? There's always a time for everything and the ending of a time, right? So winter has to end, right? Spring will come. Summer will be here, and God's promises will come to pass, all right? Hallelujah. Come on. God's promises will come to pass. We can find that promise in Isaiah coming true here in Galatians 4, 4 to 5 in the NIV. But when the set time, the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
Did you guys catch that? When the set time had come. So we see Isaiah had this prophecy, but it took 700 years until half of it came true. That's where we're still waiting, right? But here's the thing. This is where we can find peace. It's not up to us to determine the time of a thing, but it's up to God. And so if it's up to God, we can know that he has our best interests at heart. And when the timing does come, when the right timing does come, right, we'll be, we'll be in the right time that God has for us. And sometimes the blessing is in the waiting. Sometimes the blessing is in the waiting. So my question for us today, church, is will you be ready when the time comes? Will you be ready when the thing that you're waiting for arrives? Many of us in here are, are waiting on a significant other, right? We're waiting on a, we're waiting on a spouse. Will you be ready? We got some laughs over here because we're, we're hitting home. We'll pr- we'll, we'll, prayer partner, come up for the next experience, right? But will you be ready when God drops that person into your life? Will you be ready? A lot of us in here, we're, we're, we're searching for a home, right? We're looking to, to purchase a home for the first time. Will you be ready when it comes into the market? Will you be ready in your finances when the time comes? Right? Come on, we can celebrate that. You never know when that phone call comes in that your boss, your supervisor is ready to promote you. Will you be ready in your leadership? All right, so while you're planning, while you're waiting, we want to make sure that we plan. But here's the thing. Planning is only part of the equation. We also want to prepare. All right, I want to take you to one of my favorite passages in Scripture, one of my favorite passages. This is found in Proverbs 6, uh, 6 to 8, NLT. It says this. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. It feels good saying lazy bones. In, in, our, in our household, uh, Krizia uses uh, the term sack of potatoes. She's like, sack of potatoes. Use lazy bones. This is better, okay? It's more efficient. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for winter. All right. The Bible talks about how in, in, in Scripture, there's a proverb that says that there are four small things that has exceedingly wise wisdom. And ants are one of them. And so did you notice that God, God placed great wisdom on them because they don't have a prince or governor or ruler, and yet they still work towards the next season, right? They work towards the next season. And so what that means is they're self-driven and they're self-motivated. There's nobody asking them or telling them what to do, but it's something that it naturally comes out of them. And so think of how small an ant brain is. Think of how small it is, and yet they give it. So many of us in here, we want to become CEOs and business owners and politicians and doing some great work. So my question to you is, what should you be doing in this time? What books should you be reading? What skill set should you be developing? Come on. What people should you be connecting yourself with? And so ants just don't wait. They work hard in the waiting. They plan and they prepare. 
And so I don't know what you're waiting on God for. Only you do. And so ask yourself, what should I be doing in this season as I plan and prepare? All right. You guys ready for the third one? Third and last one here, okay? My encouragement for you in times of waiting is don't wait alone. Don't wait alone. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25 for this one. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So you see, we're still waiting for God to come back. We're still waiting for God to move. But you see, the strength, the courage, the hope that we believers have is found in the gathering together. It's found in the church. And so here's a principle I want to give you. When you are connected to a forward-moving church, you begin to move forward. When you are connected to a forward-moving church, you begin to move forward. You know, one of the things that I really love about having the opportunity to uh, prepare uh, for messages on a Sunday is um, I actually, I like to prepare my message, and I like to go around to the church body, and I'll ask them uh, bits and pieces of my, my messages. And so you may have received a text or a, a phone call from me from this week, and you know, I've been asking people, you know, hey, how have your life been moving forward because you're attached to a forward-moving church? And uh, had a few different responses, so I just wanted to, to share it with you. Uh, one individual said that they've gotten direction in their life. Another individual said that they were able to break some habits, that they're waiting on God to, to, to move forward in within those bad habits. One individual said that they actually had their first child because they're, they're rooted in the house of God. This individual found his wife here. They, they got a home. He got, got, a, got a child. But the, the one story that really touched my heart when I was asking around was speaking with Miss Norma. So if you know Miss Norma, she's uh, one of our greeters here. And one of the biggest uh, smiles that you get on a Sunday, every time I see her, I'm like, I'm, I'm so joyful. Uh, she's not here today right now. It's because she's recovering uh, from her surgery. And so I had called her up and I said, hey, Miss Norma, I wanted to check in. I, I heard you had some surgery. You know, how, how are you doing? And she said, well, Pastor Chow, I just want to share just a praise report for you, with you. Because right now I'm, I'm in, a, in a period of waiting for uh, recovery. And so she shared, you know, I'm not there, but I'm, I'm tuning in online. So, Ms. Norma, if you're tuning in right now, definitely glad to, to have you here online with us. But what she shared was this. She shared that as I'm, I'm recovering, my, my community, my church community, my light groups, uh, my, my, my leaders from the greeters team, they rallied together, and they got me flowers, they got me candles, they got me groceries. And she had shared how uh, flowers and candles were a luxury to her. But here, here it was that she received this amazing gift from the church body. And the result of that, she's, she's strengthened. She's got the willpower to recover. And the thing is, this is the blessing from Jesus himself. 
Because, come on, we didn't invent this thing of, of a church, right? We didn't invent this thing of support. But Jesus established his church in order for us to find strength in all seasons, especially while we're waiting. So I want to encourage you as we conclude our, our message today is this holiday season, don't do life alone. Don't wait alone. But you want to make sure that you are rooted in the house of God. And to the superheroes in here, I have a message for you as well. Because I know, you know, it, it's easy just to come to the house of God only when you're serving. Yeah. Right? But the days that we're not serving, we're, we're doing other things. Right? So I want to encourage you with that. Right? When you're not serving, be in the house of God. Yeah. You never know what strength gets imparted to you. You never know what hope gets imparted to you. You never know how God's going to move in your life when you're rooted in the house of God. Well, Pastor Chow, that's all fine and dandy. I, I know that the house of God is where we find strength, but you have no idea what I'm going through, what I'm waiting for God to move right now. And guess what? You're right. I have no idea what you guys are waiting on God for. But here's the thing. God does. And I believe that he woke you up this morning to give you a message, not to give up, to persevere, to press in. So I want to end it off with this last verse here to bring it full circle. Back to Isaiah. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so church, what I want to do right now is I want to pray this prayer over you that we just found in, in Isaiah. And I hope that as you leave here today, you just become empowered and strengthened through the word of God. Come on, let's close our eyes in this moment. You can be, remain seated, but let's lift up our hands right now. Lord, I thank you for today, God. I thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you, God, for your online family. And Father God, I just pray and believe, God, that you're moving in their lives. And right now, Lord, we just pray for supernatural strength to be imparted for to them, Lord, as we know, God, as we just read in, in Isaiah, Lord, that as we seek after you, as we wait after you, Lord, we're going to be renewed in our strength, Lord. And so, Father God, I pray as we leave here today, Lord, that we would have a new passion for our faith. We have a passion to reach those, God, that may not know you, Lord. And as we turn our hearts and minds to the holiday season, Lord, we're waiting patiently for the coming of your, of your Savior in our lives, Lord. And God, have your way in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate that church.